Melanie is probably the girl you see on Instagram and just think to yourself, like, wow, how did she do that? She started her travel blog back in college to pursue her dream of traveling the world full time. What started as something small for her social media channels turned into collaborations with brands, tourism authorities, and now 2.2 million Instagram followers later, she's a best-selling and self-published author in her country of Malta. On this episode, we talk about how she pivoted from a boring career she hated to her dream job of becoming a travel blogger. But as glamorous as that sounds, there's so much more that goes into this beyond the beauty of the business. The brains and the behind the scenes entrepreneurial skills it takes to grow and keep an engaged following, and most importantly, how to make money while doing what you love on social media. We get into the details of what you should be doing if you're starting out as a blogger, or if you've been in the game a while, what you need to be thinking of next. Plus we hear her reflections on friends, life, and lessons learned. Given COVID, this interview was recorded remotely, so please forgive us on the audio, but I hope you enjoy this episode. And as always, please subscribe to the From Here to Wear podcast. And if you like this episode, share it on your social media and let me know. Follow me at the Sarah Trot, and I'd love to get connected with you. Here we go. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited to hear all about how you got started. I mean, this is such a dream profession for many to <laughs> entrepreneur like you. You are completely a boss, babe. It's incredible. Oh, Thank you. Well, um, to be honest, I never really thought that I will be able to monetize my passions. Um, I just dropped college when I was 20, I think, yeah, around my 20s. Um, I was studying uh, law school. And I just really felt, you know, that this was not the path I wanted. I really felt um, I was following just what I should do, which is going to college. And I really had this Iraq moment where I told myself, you know, that's not what I want to do. That I don't want to spend four years studying law because I don't want to be a lawyer. Um, so my boyfriend at the time, he started to show me a couple of um, of bloggers who were um, more into fashion space, but what we, what I really wanted to do uh, was traveling. That was really, I always loved traveling. As soon as I had a little money, I was spending on travels. Um, so we really put together a strategy. Um, so, you know, that he called take the pictures and I called, you know, edit the content and start also um, blogging. I think blogging is one of the super important part for SEO and to get discovered by brands. Um, and that's how we basically started. So we're traveling and in the beginning, we did everything ourselves. Um, we, I had to learn how to edit pictures. I had to learn how to write SEO articles for the blog. I had to learn how to pitch brands, how to grow a tribe and a community. So that was something that took a um, couple of two, three years. Um, and from there, um, I basically managed to to scale my content and scale my visibility. When did you get started doing this? Because the platforms have evolved so much over time. Do you think you were one of the first to jump on this travel blogger lifestyle? Yes, definitely. I started five years ago, six actually. 
six years ago, but I started on Facebook first and then I moved on Instagram. So Instagram was still recent and Facebook was the most popular platform. So I was having my blog, it was being discovered when people you know, were searching um, where to go to Miami, for instance, the best places to eat in Miami or the best places um, to spend vacation. And my articles used to pop up a lot. So I had a really good traffic on my blog. And I used to have also uh, on my Facebook, you know, where I will share the post and do a lot of live videos. So I used to show, um, you know, the, the, the hotels where I was traveling, uh, where I was eating, you know, the towns. So it was extremely, um, you know, it was everything oriented for travel. My content was purely travel at the time. And at five, six years ago, I will say Facebook was the number one. Then it became, you know, secondary, Instagram took over. And the algorithm of Instagram was much, much easier uh, for uh, organic reach. Now it's unfortunately a bit of a pay to play, but five, six years ago, it was really easy or easier to, um, to gain followers and to, to grow organically. I think the industry has changed so much when you started. And I think the most important thing here is the value you provide to your audience, which is tangible advice, travel tips, recommendations and many people you know just post pretty pictures on instagram in your opinion how has the industry changed it seems like there are so many travel bloggers now you know what what has changed and in your opinion what sets people apart first of all is uh for instance in the beginning it was a lot of female traveling now we see a lot more couples uh, i think they are trying now to be more you know the men also who's usually the behind the camera now being a bit more in the front line. So I see there is this change because ultimately you have to diversify your content. You have to, to have your own brand, your own authentic content. Um, I don't, I think a part of just a beautiful picture, you really want to communicate with your audience on a, either through live videos or through your own blog. I personally think it's about inviting them into your world with Instagram, but then retaining them on your own emailing list, for instance. I don't think the journey with your tribe should just end on scrolling and checking your pictures. I think you can really create um, much deeper connection with your audience if you have a blog and if you can actually um, convert them into subscribers of your mailing list because there you can really every single uh, week you can send them an, an email you know, talking about your new, newest post or for instance, if you release a digital product, you can let them know, or if you publish a book, which was my, uh, which was my case, you can just tell them, "Hey guys, I just published a book." So I don't personally think it's only about Instagram. I think nowadays, if you really want to retain a tribe and a long-lasting relationship with your subscribers, you have to have more than Instagram. You have to have a newsletter. You have to have content on your newsletter that is valuable, not spammy. Um, so it's really about nurturing this relationship, not just posting nice pictures and then that's it. Absolutely. To offer that value beyond just a beautiful, you know, beautifully curated photo, but something like your book, which is a perfect segue. I would love to talk about this. First off, congratulations on self-publishing a book. Tell us a little bit about that and what that process was like for you. Oh, wow. So... I always, I mean, I love writing, of course. In the beginning, I was writing about travels and tips and recommendations and the best hotels. But of course, uh, my dream, and I think a lot of writers can relate to that, was writing fiction and publishing uh, a romance. So that was my, I will say it was a passion and a hobby. 
But now, of course, if you have a following and if you have this tribe, you can let them know. And because most of them are women and romance is mostly women who read, um, I just had you know, to send a newsletter and let them know, hi, everyone, I published this book and I would love for you guys to check it out. So even before actually releasing the book, if you have um, a tribe, you can do beta reader or beta testing, I will say, which is giving... Um, free samples to a couple of your of your tribe or of your, your audience and ask them for feedback. So that's actually one of the things I will say to any entrepreneur. If you don't be afraid of asking feedback, if you already have a community uh, and you're creating a product, don't be afraid of asking feedback about the product that you're building. Even if it's not perfect, they will, they will love to feel valued and knowing that they're actually um, helping you to create a product. When you're going to launch, they're going to feel so much more involved and much more interested to buy it. So for me, the mm -hmm. self-publishing process was actually um, not only you know, me writing, but also communicating a lot on groups. I was sharing the very first draft with, uh, with my friends, with my community, with, uh, with other groups, with friends that also have groups that are influencers. And the idea was really gathering as many feedback as I could on my product. And for any entrepreneur, this was a, a book, but it can be for anything that you're creating. It can be for a course, it can be for, um, you know, a blueprint or a webinar. You can really go on groups or ask your own community if you already have one and gather feedback. So that was an entire process, an entire journey, but testing and making sure that the product was, you know, as good as it gets uh, was my number one priority. And then when I launched, of course, well, it's, Thankfully, uh, you know, my, my following base loved it. And then it became, you know, uh, a best-selling uh, book here in Malta and everything actually through my web store. So we were not actually selling the book anywhere else except on my web store. Side note, it's great to hear all of these entrepreneurial tips that you have in here as a, as a woman and a leader in business and now an author. I think it's so cool to see all of the logistics behind all of this. So yeah, explain that a little bit. When you want to create a book, there is several ways. And most people, what they do is they usually go on Amazon, Kobo, and all these platforms, and they publish the book there. I also have the book there, but it's just a digital version. I don't have the paperback there. So the paperback is only available from my web store. And I actually provide signed copies with a bookmark. So it's a bit more personalized than just the random paperback. Um, so this is basically an e-commerce shop, you know, so it has a lot of uh, logistic that behind. I did partnership with courier um, services from FedEx to RMX to DHL to ensure that, you know, if I have customers from South Africa and they are buying the book, I want to make sure that they receive it and it's not getting lost. So there is an, an entire logistic process behind the great thing is i'm using shopify and shopify is my favorite platform because it's so stress-free if you don't if you're not like a techie and i am not into tech i'm not a techie and i don't have time to you know for those big softwares and you know that it takes time to get ready so shopify is super easy you have a debut team you can just get it ready you put your pictures of the product the description maybe one or two plugins to get the reviews. I use Helpful Chrome, which is a third-party app that collects reviews about the book. So once I ship the book in two weeks time, 
I have um, helpful crowd asking to my um, to my readers, hey, what did you think about the book? What did you think about the service? Because uh, I also have summer service on my page. If some you know if someone wants to ask something, uh, what did you think about the store? And they can actually write a review, and they can also upload a picture of the book. So most of the people actually do that. Um, I have right now nearly 500 reviews, all thanks to this app that is just amazing and it's free. So there's so many tips, you know, when it comes to e-commerce, um, you don't have to rely on other retailers. You know, if you want to sell a book or if you want to sell any other, any other product, you don't have to put, rely on Amazon or rely on another, you know, um, e-commerce platforms you can really have your own and it's so much better because you have the data of your own customers you can send them emails or sms marketing it's to me having control over my own customers like over my customer list uh it's it's really to me it's much more valuable and that's what makes a company valuable is the customers list that they have the problem with amazon is that i will never know who bought my book you know, if they don't subscribe to my email list, if they don't um, go to my group of readers, I don't know who they are. And ultimately, on the long term, I want to know who are my readers. I want to connect with them. I want them to, you know, to be with me not only for this first book, but also for the second. And why not also checking my Instagram? So I don't want them just to be, you know, on, on, on Amazon and then just read the book and that's it. I want to be able to engage with them. You are translating followers into newsletter and email subscribers. And then those email subscribers are the ones who will buy your book and the ones that buy the book, write the review. And then, so it's kind of a, a cycle and it really helps that you already have an established following. I'm curious, you know, what were those tips when you were just starting out on uh, how to grow? Because you know, and also you need to create some sort of course on how to monetize and share all your tips, all your secrets. I have that. You know what, Sarah? It's so funny because two days ago I bought a video camera and I'm thinking, you're not the first person telling me that. And I thought I should really do a course in teaching all of that. Now, um, to be honest, here's the thing. Five years ago, when it comes to growing your audience, um, five, six years ago, Instagram was starting out. And because it was starting, they wanted to draw people to their platform, okay? So what they did is they were giving you tons and tons of visibility and reach for free so you could grow an audience. And of course, once you have your audience there, you want to upload content. So you're stuck, let's say, on the platform. Facebook was the same. Facebook, um, I will say 20 years ago, they will give you free organic reach. You know, if you had 100,000 followers, they will give you a reach maybe of 20%, which is just insane. Nowadays, if you want to have this kind of reach, unfortunately, even in, within your own community, you, it's a pay to play. You want to reach your own audience on Facebook because you don't own the email list. And that's why email list is so important. You have, unfortunately, to pay Facebook so you can reach all your followers. Um, let's say if you have 100,000, if you want to reach even just 20,000, you might need to do what we call the boost post. So when it comes to Instagram, because it's also established, it's already established, it's much harder to get into Instagram now. What I will recommend to people is number one right now is TikTok. So if you're not into any platform right now, I will definitely recommend TikTok because they're doing the same thing than Facebook and Instagram. They are giving you massive reach, massive visibility. So you can grow following super fast on TikTok. And then once you can start, you have your, um, once you start having this audience on TikTok, 
you can start giving them the valuable content that is not available on TikTok to grab them and get them into your emails. Emails. I didn't say Instagram or Facebook because they will not usually transfer between social media, but give them something super valuable on your email. It can be a blueprint. It can be tips about something. It can be discounts about something else. It can be a product um, you're launching and your tribe is like, oh my God, I want to know what is this? You know, you can say be part of my, uh, you know, club that no one knows about and you're going to receive super, you know, super secrets that I don't share with anyone. So the idea, it's always to create traffic that you own. That's my number one tip. The game has changed. I will not give you the same tip that I, that I was giving to people like three years ago about Instagram because it's changing. And I don't want to be giving tips that will not be working for Instagram now because traffic on Instagram to grow, it's becoming super, super hard. And in order for you to, for instance, grow on Instagram right now, you have to post super consistent. You have to interact. It's, it's a, really a lot of commitment. So if you want to start with one platform right now with zero following and anywhere, I will say start with TikTok because it's where you can grow organically for free at the fastest rate possible. And then bring those people on your email list because once you own this traffic, it's free and you can continue to connect with them. You can continue to engage with them. And then if you want to invite them on Instagram or on Facebook, you can just place, you know, on the back, on the, on the bottom, follow me on Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. But if you want to attract a crowd, if you want to attract a tribe, TikTok right now is the easiest way uh, when it comes to a social media platform. And the ownership is the most important thing, getting those emails, because if TikTok or Instagram were to magically delete the next day, you wouldn't have any followers. You would have what? Nothing. And imagine how many, and this is super important because I had a friend, she had a YouTube channel and her YouTube channel was on the 200,000 people. She had tons and tons of content there you know and, and youtube is a lot of work it's a, it's a videos tips it's a lot of work and it was maybe i don't know three years of content and her account got hacked by someone who probably was jealous of her success and she never ever managed to recover and she was an influencer so she had no tribe whatsoever because she never retained the, those two hundred thousand people on her emails so once she had her account hacked, and don't get me wrong, there's so many accounts that get hacked every day. My account, people try to hack my Instagram account how many times, but the thing is I had this um, double verification. So I got this notification and I'm all the time also in touch with the company because I'm also a digital marketer. But otherwise, for most people who are getting started, you don't want to have a glitch. You don't want to have your account hacked uh, and then lose all your hard work. So convert as much as possible since they want your tribe on emails. Give them something valuable they're looking for uh, based on the content that you share on, um, on, your, on your platform. So if you're sharing something exciting that you're working on, get them involved, get you know, their review, um, really put your tribe to work with you. This is ultimately a social platform for something. We are here to socialize, we're here to communicate with people. So that, was, that will be definitely my number one tip. And the industry, we're talking about how much it's changed uh, in the past, just the past five years. What is the future of uh, social media? I think 
especially during COVID and quarantine, we've seen so many people relying on social media and digital media for the social interaction, the connection, the community, and it's almost turning into our reality. So is this something we should be fearful of that our lives are completely on social media or something we should embrace? And in your opinion, what is the future of social media? Social media will always be part of our journey. Um, but what I will suggest, and mostly when it comes to social media, is focus on the ones where your content can remain alive and searchable and provides value no matter in one, two, three years. Because Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook are mostly uh, about the newest posts. So if you upload something on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok, you're going to have virality, let's say, in a, maybe in 10 days, during 10 days, but then it's no longer new and no one, can, you know, no one cares anymore. While on YouTube and, and, and Pinterest, they are search-based, uh, a bit like Google, but on a social platform. So your content there will remain alive and useful forever. I don't think you should be, I don't think you should be scared of social media. I think COVID is, you know, COVID will remain in your lives um, for a long time. Uh, you know, maybe just right now it's very scary and all, but I think COVID, unfortunately, whether we want or not, it's going to be here for a couple of months. Uh, unfortunately, then maybe they're saying there's something else coming up. So ultimately, social media is going to continue to be more and more part of our lives. And we have to adjust on social media. And we, it's a really great way for marketeers to start having their tribes, to engage with their tribe, collect emails, provide value to your tribe. Um, and I do believe we will have a lot of more digital instructors getting into that because right now, I mean, everything about travel industry is getting a bit tough. And that's why I'm super happy that I am also an author because as a travel influencer, now it's super difficult. But I do believe right now all the companies are going to understand how important is it digital. I mean, everything digital. You cannot live in the 21st century, have a, a company in the 21st century that is not on digital, that is not on social media. That's super that's like, you don't exist. If you're not on the web, you just don't exist. I think that was Bill Gates who said that five years ago, which is still true. And it will remain true um, for the, I mean, forever, probably. It's incredibly important as an entrepreneur, a business person to have that. I think Instagram, Facebook, all of these different platforms are the modern business card where people can quickly see you know, who you are, what products you sell, your aesthetic, which can be pretty overwhelming and daunting for people getting started. And I'm curious to know your experience dealing with insecurity or criticism on social media, which is unfortunately an issue many people face. So did you have any personal difficulties with that? And any advice you would give to young women who feel insecure or judged about what they're posting on social media? As you were saying, and very well, social media is your business card. And there is two types of approach that you can have on your social media. You can have one that is as a consumer. You can be the consumer of the media that is uploaded, or you can be the producer. You can have, you know, there's two mindsets when it comes to, this, to, to social media. Either you're the consumer of the content, which are the ones usually criticized, or you can be the producer. Being the producer is basically being the one running the show, right? And when you become the one who runs the show, I don't know anyone in the face of hers who was not criticized 
for what you're creating. It is just totally impossible to not be criticized because you're creating something. As soon as you're creating something, as soon as you're putting something uh, on this world, whether it's a, it's a picture, whether it's an opinion, whether it's a video, a webinar, uh, anything you're putting uh, on this world, as soon as it's content, it's a creation, so you're becoming an artist. Artists are criticized all the time, you know? So in the, fortunately, you have to embrace criticism. You have to uh, just understand that it's going to be part of who, I mean, of your, of your content. You're going to have people going to criticize. Then you really have to, dis to, to see what kind of criticism. If it's just someone telling your content is trash, then their comment is just as trashy. So you can just really delete it because it's just as trashy, honestly. Don't pay attention. See if someone tells you, oh, what you say is trash or your content, your picture, well, your comment is trash. So tick to the belt, really, just trash. Delete it. It's just, honestly, there's no point of thinking about it. Just delete it. It's your platform. It's your social media channels. Um, they are the ones getting into it. So think that your social media platforms are your home. Okay, or your villas. Let's say you have many villas, you know, you have one by the sea, one by the, the mountains, and all of those platforms are your house. And if you're getting someone into your house and they start saying, oh, I don't like the food, the design, I don't like that and that and that. I mean, if they're just saying to be like nasty, just get them out of your house because they're not bringing any value to you. You know, they're just putting a lot of toxicity in your life and you don't need toxic people around you. Now, if they're being sensitive and they're telling you, privately normally they will criticize you privately and those people are the ones who really care about your content if they get if they approach personally to you and they say hi so i saw this picture um here is what i think you could improve and that and that then you can analyze the their, the discussion or what they're saying and see if it's you know if there is some ground or it's just you know it's just crap but everything that is just about criticizing for the sake of criticizing, there is absolutely no value added on the, on the comment, just really delete it. There is no point whatsoever to think about it. Uh, they're not the ones paying your, the bills. Um, they're not bringing you any value to your life. I'm, I'm really someone, uh, maybe it's, I, I've been, I grew up like that. So I'm really someone who I want to surround myself where there is only positive energy, where, um, we all have something valuable to contribute. And if there is really nothing positive that you're bringing to the table, you may just leave. And that's unfortunately, um, that's how you have to think. It's not, that, it's not unfortunately, that's how you have to think. Because if you give one cent to every comment, to every hater, you're never going to grow. You're never going to, you know, take actions on your, on your own life. You're going to feel depressed and you're going to stop. I think it's also important to realize it's usually the consumers who are the ones that are criticizing exactly. because any producers of content um, know the struggle as an artist, as a creator, that you put your hard work into this and you the vulnerability of putting yourself out there on social media. And consumers don't always understand that. No, exactly. Consumers are passive. You have to, yeah, on social media, you can be passive or active. You can be the one just crawling the feed and there's nothing you do, you just finished. I mean, then it really depends on your approach on, on social media. People who create content, they are, you know, they, are, they know the hard work, as you say, they know the hard work. And most of the time they're really, um, either they don't spend time consuming media or if they are, they want to engage with people that are alike. Um, they want to engage with people that are, you know, other entrepreneurs or that are bringing value to their lives or the content is inspiring and 
or you know they really want to engage with people that are alike and i don't see any entrepreneur i don't see any content creator bashing another one honestly i don't see anyone doing that unless they're they don't have any standards or any dignity or respect for the others but I don't see anyone that I've been working in the you know, in entrepreneur, digital entrepreneur industry and content creator industry for five, six years, and I don't see anyone doing it. And I appreciate your perspective too. And hopefully by you know sharing this message, it will balance out the conversation a little bit. And people who are those haters on social media can take this inward and realize, you know, that their actions, you know, are not helpful on social media. So, um, you know, in summary, I... I loved your responses, you know, in the um, pre-recorded or pre-interview questions, I asked, you know, what are some of your uh, takeaways and tips for people? And I thought the one piece of advice you have that stood out to me so much, and I agree with completely, you said, invest not in brand clothes, but in good business books and skills. I think that is an incredible piece of advice. Can you elaborate on that? <laughs> That's really, honestly, trust me on that one. I um, I was so stupid, honestly. But I think, well, that's with the age. When you're young, you're much more, um, uh, how we can explain, influenceable, right? You, we are uh, young people usually. And by young, I mean 18, 19, 20s. We are much more influenceable to spend the very few money that we make on brand clothes. And that's reality. As, as we get older, we are more selective usually about the product and if they're valuable, uh, you know, and unfortunately, when you're young, as soon as you, do, you see a billboard about, you know, this famous model wearing this super uh, expensive clo- piece of clothes, you're just like, oh, my God, I have to have it. And unfortunately, that doesn't bring you anything to your life. You know, it doesn't bring you anything because it's just uh, something that has been pictured and marketed for your brain to want it, to create this desire. But ultimately, there is nothing that, there's no return about that because you can have, the, the, only, the only problem that you're gonna have is that you're gonna spend $1,000 and you're not gonna see a return on your, on your money. So it's actually not investing your money. You're not seeing your money coming back. You will have a beautiful t-shirt or a beautiful dress and you're gonna use it maybe one or two times and that's it. And maybe if you had, you know, if you went to Zara and you get like one or two um, dresses at $20, $30, they're going to have the same impact uh, on people, maybe even better. People are going to say, oh my God, I love your dress. And you're going to be like, oh, it's $20, you know? So that's unfortunately something that I saw the, the, the effect on me uh, when I was younger. I was very influenced by billboards. I was very influenced by magazine promoting Chanel and all these brands until now I'm, I'm 27, so I'm much wiser with my money. And even now that I have more money, I, I don't see the value on buying those things. Honestly, I try really to think, if I place $4,000 on that bag, what is my return on investment? Like, I'm not going to see any more $4,000, you know? I'm not saying you don't, don't buy one or two pieces, unique pieces to use, because if you want you know, to go on a business meeting or you want to impress someone, because of a brand and you know this, this can have an impact. I'm not saying not doing that one or twice, but what I'm saying is constantly every release being an addict on, on this kind of, 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 I mean, of, of brands because ultimately you won't see any return of your money. If you invest on your skills and if you invest on your own person and in developing you know, from, brand, from branding, personal branding, so important, personal branding, um, mental health, 
so important. Insecurities, as you were saying, how to deal with insecurities, how to deal with hate, how to deal with, um, you know, from health, from, from health issues. Uh, there is so many books out there that can bring you to the next level. And that's going to actually generate an income. It's going to translate as an income on your life. You're going to make more money because you're going to have some strategies and how to apply them which are gonna scale your business or, or even give you the energy and give you the motivation and the tools that you need to start your own business. The whole part about, yeah, don't buy the expensive designer things, use your money, invest it on something where you will have a return on investment. Go spend that money on an online course to oh, yeah. become an entrepreneur. Something like that is so much more important. Um, and I love all of the advice you have about reading books, consuming um, information. There's so much to learn and so what value can you consume in order to better yourself? Um, you also mentioned diversify your revenues, which we talked a lot about, um, and to not be impulsive to plan a strategy. Yeah. Uh, and also I think most importantly, you said connect with like-minded entrepreneurs instead of hanging with shallow people in real life and on social media. What are your thoughts on that? So true. So I am right now doing something very important. I will advise on anyone doing, which is writing an interest an honest introspection about your life. What have been the people around you? Who has been the people who have been surrounding yourself the past five, six, seven years? And that's what I've been doing. I've been every day for two hours. I've been writing like a diary or like a, like a book memoir, let's say, about the most important moments of my life, about my failures, about you know, mistakes. And now when I look back, they're actually the ones who taught me things, you know, those mistakes. And if some, if some you know, we have patterns. Sometimes we have a tendency to repeat some mistakes. But if you have this diary, you know, this diary, sorry, and you can read again, what happened in the past? You're like, oh, yes, I did this. And then you can underline, oh, I did this mistake. Yes. And the number one mistake that I did was connecting with shallow people who didn't care about me, who just cared of using me for, the, let's say, the next best party in town. And the, the conversations were not uplifting. And unfortunately, they had small dreams and I didn't have small dreams and unfortunately her path were just too different and we have such a limited amount of time on her that we have to be selective with the people we hang out no matter if it's hanging out on social media no matter if it's hanging out uh, on you know on your day-to-day -day. um and that's something I unfortunately had to learn I mean I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say the hard way but it was something that one day I really thought, why am I hanging with those people? I am just wasting, I mean, I'm just wasting my time. I want to grow, I want to do a business, I want to do these things, but I am just, you know, wasting my time on going to drinks and talk about the weather or gossips and this is not the person I am or the person I want to become. So um, I had to distance myself from those people. And it's hard to do that because if you're, if you're emotionally attached to those people, it's hard. You know, and they will be all the time. Oh, let's hang out. Let's go for drinks. Let's go for that. But unfortunately, this is not the kind of crowd you want if they don't bring any value to your life. You want people that are, you know, that can give you tips. You want people that can explain you their experiences, share stories with you, how they got there, what, you know, what kind of mistakes they did. Maybe they, they can introduce you to someone, you know. So when I start to switch my 
friends, when I started to see, okay, what kind of people want to surround myself, I started to surround myself with CEOs, with business coaches. I started to surround myself with people who are making like seven figure, eight figure people who just bought a castle, you know? So we're talking about people who are way ahead of me. Some of them are actually in their forties, forties, fifties, sixties. And it's so amazing because I am see, I'm projecting myself how I want to be on my fifties or on my sixties. My, my best friend right now, he is 55, you know, he's 55 and he is the chairman of so many companies. He, he, I mean, he does so much things and he's not never stopped. He goes every day to the gym. He's super fit. I mean, I'm like, Oh, wow, what an inspiration, you know? So this kind of person I want, I want to feel inspired and proud of my friends. And that's why I will definitely recommend just check your friends and think, are you really proud of being, I mean, friend with them? Ask that to yourself. It's, it's a harsh question, I know, it, but that's how, I mean, we just have one life and you have to make tough decisions in your life. And one of them has to be check your friends, check the ones where you're spending your time with and ask yourself, am I proud of being surrounded by those people? Are those people bringing something of valuable to me? Are they inspiring? Are they um, you know, that's the questions you have to make to yourself. I really relate to what you said about surrounding yourself with people who are farther along, you know, they have more success. Yep. They may introduce you to someone, but for me, I sometimes, um, find myself comparing myself to others who are either older or farther along. And it almost is a setback in some ways. So I'm curious, even for me or for anyone, you know, what is your advice on the timeline of everything? And, you know, knowing the steps on how to get there, but then also, I guess, just being patient in the journey and the process as well. So I comparing it's, I don't, I think it's a waste of time. Don't compare yourself because you're not that person. You don't know the background of that person. You don't know absolutely anything about that person. Um, and the best way actually is to, if you really want to grow and if you admire someone, try to bring value to this person and if you can then bond with this person and become really connected and friend with this person you will learn that the way how this person got there is was really hard there was a lot of failure there was and the journey is basically nearly the same unless you were already born rich and all of that but if we look about self-made people you will see that they failed so many times they had so many bad days but we never saw we never see them and the only way we know that it's when we connect with them and we talk to them you know so those people who are in their 40s 50s and are ahead of us they went through experiences that we might not even dream about but those experiences right. are what shaped them and made them who they are now so instead of comparing yourself just think how did this person got there? You know, I'm sure there is so many mistakes that this person did. I'm sure that this person actually wanted maybe to do something else in her, in her or his life and turn out to be who she is because of some event or some moment that defined mm -hmm. and, and her path became totally different. So we should never compare ourselves because the journey, we, our journey is totally different. What we can do mm -hmm. is if we are inspired about this person is what is your strategy? How did you get there? What are the tips you can share and which you're doing? And I think it's so great, Sarah, that you're connecting with people and so that you can learn how they get, they got there. And one of the second mm -hmm. things that I will totally, that you mentioned that I really want to, um, to enhance that is 
I buying on investing, I wouldn't even say buy, but investing in courses and knowledge written by people who already uh, who are already successful, where they are really disclosing stuff that they might not say online, and you know that's really like invaluable, invaluable information. Um, if you're not if you're not able to be friend with someone because they like like let's say that they're really far ahead like they're really celebrity status and you're not able really to have a friendship with them see if they're if they wrote a book if they have a facebook private group this is now a lot of celebrities um mostly in um tough leadership they really have groups, private groups, where you pay like a monthly membership and you can have access to them privately. And every, I think it's like once a week or twice a week, they go there, they do lives, they share a lot of tips that they don't usually share outside of their community. So there is really so many other ways that you can learn about those people that we sometimes think, oh yeah, but this person, like she's amazing and I will never manage. No, no, dig a bit deeper you know go deeper you will see all the failures you'll see all the background absolutely i think networking is such an important key you know right when i moved to los angeles i joined a female networking community and it's you know never do it just by yourself it's always about you know putting yourself out there sending an email and you know being okay with the possibility of rejection or not getting a response but you know, putting yourself out there, trying to network and grow your community so you can learn from others. And that's really how you do it because there's no way you can create a dream career all by yourself. No, you need people, exactly. Actually, that's exactly how you get there. The more value you give to the people, the more you will rise. That rise, sorry. Uh, that's, how, that's how humankind is. The more value you give to people, the more they're going to raise you up. You know, that's why Apple are, is so valuable. That's why Amazon is so valuable because they, they bring so much value to people. That's why they are where they are. So if you want to be I'm not saying to become the next Apple or the next Google, but if you want to be like really ahead and become really the one person when it comes to entrepreneurs, it's about providing value. You have to start from somewhere. And then from that moment, then you can start scaling and then you can start to grow. But don't think that this is like an overnight thing. There is no such thing as overnight success. There we go. Yeah, you never know the, you know, the mountain that someone had to climb in order to reach their success. And you are a true testament of networking, career building, taking time and strategy into all of this. I mean, you are so talented. You are so smart and beautiful. And it's just you're an awesome role model Thank to young you. women because you show that there's so much more than just, you know, beautiful photos. You are a female entrepreneur and it takes a lot of hard work, but it is possible. So thank you so much for joining me on this call. I mean, this was so inspiring and educational even for me. So thank you. Well, I hope so. If you have any question or any doubts, um, just let me know. It was amazing also to talk to you, Sarah. You are also an inspiration, really. Congratulations for your podcast. Oh, I love thank it. Thank you. I mean, how can our audience get in touch with you if they want to connect or network with you or find you on social media? Where can they go? Sure. So on social media, I'm on Melanie Martin's blog. And they can also uh, join my newsletter if they want to receive a lot of tips at melaniemartin.com. We're gonna, I'm gonna start sharing a lot of tips about entrepreneurship and how to build your personal brand. 
I can't wait to check that out. You have big things coming. I mean, you're already working <laughs> on the sequel for your book that just came out, and now these online courses. I'm excited to see your trajectory. It'll be great. Thank you so much, Dara. Appreciate. Ciao, ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode of the From Here to Wear podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And as always, please subscribe to the From Here to Wear podcast. And if you like this episode, share it on your social media. Let me know. Follow me at the Sarah Trot. I'd love to get connected with you. Or you can find more info about me on my website, sarahtrotmedia.com. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and I'll see you next time on the next episode. Thanks guys.